was getting, wait a minute. <laughs> Where? That music was kind of, I don't know, wait a minute. This was a Mark Justice time sleep. <laughs> Not another this one is, of those. This is Professor <laughs> Feather. <laughs> this is the Midnight Slipnip Gadfly. Oh, there's no slipping about that. <laughs> this is Dr. Head, and we're missing... Tar. Tar. Using the used rubber room. Again. 20% less tar. He's visiting Uncle Roy, trying to convince him that trepanning is not a bore. (laughs) (laughs) Neither is trip to fanning. (laughs) (laughs) Or elf fanning. That goes without saying, or at least not being able to say it. (laughs) Come on, Thanksgiving. I need to forget. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the Blue Fez coming at you in high resolution for color process printing. (laughs) Or long later. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My OCD was kicking in. (laughs) That was a long time to wait. And you are watching and listening to Oh, face font, true believers. Ah. And that's the show. Hey, today, kids, welcome, inmates. We're going to be discussing the wonderful world of comic books. That's right, that's right. Milestones in comic books, our favorite comic books, important issues in the comic book industry because we all love comic books. That's what I'd be doing right now if we weren't doing this podcast. Loving comic books? Loving comic books. That's right. Can, yeah, I can, I can get into that about 85%. <laughs> Comic books. I go way back in comic books. So fuck. I mean, which which era do you want to talk about? You know, time I can slip. talk about. I can talk about them all personally. Uh, time slip. Much. <laughs> talk about time slip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got seminal stuff. That you know, you got to start really start with Marvel. You know, coming on in the '60s. You know, that really I think was a big game changer in comic books. It introduced it into a whole different realm, I think. Um, you know, expanded its horizons, as they would say. Um, and then DC kind of fell into line with that. Not quite, you know, DC went their own way in a lot of ways, but still kind of, you know. And DC actually did some of the better uh, uh, seminal pieces, uh, like Dark Knight Returns, you know, things like that, that. That, you know, they were very instrumental in uh and also very good at, at well, I guess both the, both of them at uh, cultivating the independent market with their you know uh, anthologies that what they would do and you know the, the way that it, not you know they another way for them to control it some people would say too because they were such you know megalith megalithic corporations powerful but uh, be that as me I don't get into that politics but you know a lot of you know then then you know what. 
when when did the independent movie move or well, the 60s <laughs> yeah. yeah so the 60s that was the know, independent yeah. and i mean yeah not just in underground and we're talking like underground movies. comics yes which is independent right yeah, right yeah exactly the, the, really the bit the formation of the independent movement was the, all the underground comics out of san francisco yeah uh, yeah and we got harvey keep picard you know in mm-hmm. the in the 70s uh yeah, a lot of the Arkram, yeah, Arkram. yeah 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 brothers the freak brothers and yeah we talked about that tar brought that up about the 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 cartoon freak brothers it's a horrible uh, animation but anyway um what i would like to really go to is the time that i liked the most in comic books was the was the 80s um because i w- i got into i really liked first comics mm-hmm. um dark horse comics yeah um and uh then what was uh, epic epic magazine mm-hmm. and you know uh, and then you know heavy metal um but i that's when i really started waking up i really liked first i liked all of the first com not all of them but i liked the majority of the first comics as they came out um i, I yeah gosh john sable american flag grim jack uh, there's more than that but th- those are you know some of the staples uh oh one of my all-time favorites uh uh, uh the badger <laughs> oh yeah badger was great uh, so there's there's kind of my take i mean that's where i think that's what what i really really perked up big time for comic books and i i've been reading comic books my whole life you know had a comic book store at that time when first came out which was very cool you know so that i could bring that stuff in you know and and you know be able to read it and distribute it and that kind of thing yeah it was like the coolest store (laughs) yeah that was for for good days yeah good days man that was awesome (laughs) mm -hmm. oh yeah i have fond memories fond memories of that um yeah go ahead fez I was saying, I still remember that big table in the center of the room. I, I, I it was like uh, the, the the night nights of the dork table. <laughs> we'd all oh sit yeah, in, we'd sit around that table. I remember I would sit there and bring my drawing stuff to do Fat Man. Do Fat Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but several artists would come in, just sit down. Yeah, I love that. It's a good. I uh, me too. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, a super super cool atmosphere. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm like I'm like you, Duckhead. Yeah, some of my fondest memories are. Yeah, the weekend time. gaming, the the midnight movies. Yes. You know, yes. a lot of the psychotronic yes. stuff. Uh, I mean, that's yes. that's where we met as well and yeah um, it's true i know that's i've, I've re- recalled this story several times on this podcast but i remember the very first purchase i made from you you got a stack of all these old like silver age like 80 page and 100 page giants those reprints just a yeah. stack of like just tons of stuff some of it didn't even have covers it was just uh, just stacks of these books and i said how much are these and you go oh they're cheap and i got 86 of them and you charged me ten dollars. I'm like, I'm like, well, fuck! I'm going back to this store. That's why I'm still in business. <laughs> yes, you were a much, much nicer person than you. Too were much a, of a fanboy. Too better, much of a fanboy. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so, so but it was a great time. So I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, you no, know? it was it was wonderful. And, and yes, just, yes, you know, it's just. Yeah, just just to know that they're passing that stuff on too. You know that somebody's reading it. You know, yeah. somebody who who yeah yeah. In your case, Doctor Head, yeah yeah. For, for your first first encounters, I remember well. And same with Fez, I remember first encounters very very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and high points in my high on. points in my life. Oh God, he's waxing yeah. maudlin now. <laughs> Take another drink of your coke. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> 
and the, yeah, and those books have gone on to to see I you know other other lives and other readers, which has been nice. Um, you know, and I took that love of comics, and when I got into the Illyria Comic Book Initiative and now Operation Comic Book, our, our mission was to foster creativity and and uh, literacy by teaching kids how to make their own comic books. And the first thing we did was distribute comic books freely into schools. Well, we've given over thirty five thousand comic books away, um, and you know, kids often are in these underserved you know, areas of, of the town and they know these characters, but they've never had comic books. So I was really happy. Like the last 5,000 books or so I had, I just donated to the ECPI because like I've read them all. I've loved them all. Now it's time to pass them on. So that, that made me feel really good. Yeah. It's like some kids like holding on to this book. Like he picked up the entire like crisis on infinite earths, which is something <laughs> I want to talk about. He's like, we're only supposed to have four, but can I take this as 12? Can I get these? I'm like, yeah, you go ahead, man. You need the whole 12 to get that story, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And if yeah. you understand that story, come back and explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> because DC still doesn't know what the fuck to do with it, because now they're, a- they're doing it again, like for the third time. Yeah. They're regurgitating Crisis. that whole... Yeah, crisis Twelve. Yeah, Dark Crisis. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Crisis on Infinite Earths is one of those earth-shattering books. So, you know, from the eighties, nineteen eighty-six. That that year saw this megalithic change from DC. I'm a fan of of every era uh, of of comic books. I love the Golden Age stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I love reading these stories because it was violent. You know, a Batman's got a gun. Hawkman holding up a, a criminal, or was a Sandman? Maybe, well, maybe it's Hawkman. There's a, an issue where he's like. The covers, like, I showed him, like, holding this criminal up over a building ledge. Anyway, in the story, he, like, throws him off the ledge of the building, and he says, you know, like, uh, this is a fitting end for such a criminal like you. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is brilliant. He's just, like, just killing people, you know. Um, and then that gave away to the Silver Age, which then got was a little long and protracted, got really silly. Uh, I got tired of Batman's time machine capers and and Superman making pancakes for Jimmy Olsen anyway, at, the, at the fundraiser for the library or whatever, and all the colors of, of kryptonite. But then here comes the Bronze Age, which then like, okay, we're going to make Batman. Denny O'Neill comes in and said, look, it's the fucking Batman and then the fucking Joker. We got to make them great characters and brought in this gothic atmosphere you know and that's what really ushered in that era that you know the, the bronze age stuff and and um i don't know i just i just love it all but my favorite era is like probably the mid mid to late 70s early 80s because that's when i was reading the most as a child yeah um reading everything i could in that era so those are what stand out to me you know vision and wanda in in the in the avengers and their love affair and and that's when i first really got into reading batman and you know moved you know i was mostly a marvel kid but uh started you know we're just reading everything i could get my hands on you know um so yeah i just man it's words and pictures you know it's but just so much more so there <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about. <laughs> well, I got more, but I'll just. Show <laughs> oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're 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 all talking about trying to keep this uh, podcast down. Size up, like yeah, this I'm like, is you... be real tricky because I've got like twelve thousand tabs open on my browser right now. <laughs> I can, I can... Well, to make this an ongoing series, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh man, it's like I'm I'm with you guys. It's like you know, there's you, most of us you know, jump in at a certain point when it comes to comics. And I know for me, it was two, two, two entry points, the, the library. 
um, they used to have those like compendium books, the DC, it would be either Superman or Batman. It'd be like Batman through the 30s to the 70s or something like that. And you, you know, you take that book out 12,000 times. And I remember also um, my mom, when when it was time to have like you know Mexican night at the house for dinner, she would go to this Mexican grocery store, and I remember it. I, I still remember being this little kid, like five years old, sitting there in this Mexican grocery store, and they'd have a rack of comics, and it would be like, oh, comics! I pick it up, and I'm like, I can't read a damn thing in this because it's all in Spanish. But you know that <laughs> that sort of set up the the sort of genesis for that's funny checking up the comics because I could go, you know, if I went to the store, or whatever, they'd have a rack, and I started picking up the. The, the comics but for me it was mostly um, DC with some Marvel because I, I was um, a huge Captain American Falcon when it came to Marvel so I was always about the duos but in DC it was traditionally Batman because you know uh, the Adam West show was in reruns back in the 70s so that, that was a huge influence you know on me and then of course I was just a huge Batman fan going forward but you know had like you said loved all of this um you know, and then, but then when we get into the '80s, that's like when we're starting to get into the, you know, our later teen years, early 20s, and and we start seeing, especially in DC, those the, the the big shift in some of the major characters. We got the Crisis. We had John Byrne's Superman reboot. We had uh, George Perez and Marvel Wolfman's Teen Titans, um, uh, Wonder Woman. When was the uh, Secret Wars? Oh, oh, 84? 80s, yeah. 85. Yep, yeah. It was before that. It wasn't nearly as impactful in the in the Marvel universe as a, right. as Crisis was in DC. I mean, Spider Man right. gets his black costume, right. yeah, but but it wasn't it wasn't as. But it also because of fucking sense of the because multiverse. of fucking Al Milgram. Yes. Al Milgram fucked all that shit up. <laughs> I think I've already reiterated yeah, my, my and then Secret Milgram, Wars Two yeah. was yeah. just absolutely horrible. That was oh, yeah. oh, he was yeah. terrible. You know, I, Secret Wars was pretty bad. It was bad. Yeah. I, I, just, uh, I mean, when you compare it like to, it compared it to out, Crisis, it, oh, yeah. it, it just you just can't. I, I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not spoiling anything here. They freaking killed Barry Allen in the first step. I'm like, the yeah. fuck? I'm like, oh, things are about to get really dark yeah. in this book. Yeah. And they did. And then you yeah. got that ep- that issue where they, they kill Barry Allen. I'm like, wait, they just killed Barry. You you can't do that. Right, right. Like, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah. And, yeah. and Supergirl, I mean, they're just cutting Well, the entire universe is like, yeah. oh, my God. Because then that was the, the, the necessary end. They were like trying to fix the problem that they had caused by having realizing they wanted to make a continuity with their stories that they didn't have before right. and they realized oh that was a great idea oh there must be multiple earths infinite earths infinite universes because the golden age superman he's this one earth and the silver age superman is another one and justice society and all these characters belong in all these different earths brilliant solution but then you start having them like meet each other like when barry allen meets jay garrick yeah and like crossing these streams you know we can't cross the streams. Ghostbusters <laughs> taught us that. Um, but then they, they like, oh, we got a clean house. We got too many fucking Supermans, you know. And it didn't work because then the business says, oh, shit, if we don't use Dr. Midnight, which we acquired from another company in the 50s, if we right. don't use him. We're going to lose him. We're going to lose him. So right. we got to put these fucking. And now it's just like, oh, shit. And then they opened it. The, they did the same thing again, like in 2006. Basically, twenty years later, now we got another uh, <laughs> another crisis, and now yeah. they're doing the same fucking thing again with Dark yeah. Crisis. Like Jesus Christ, how many times are we gonna like just stop the man? This stop it. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I'm with, I personally never understood why they undid them. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Crisis is a, uh, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a seminal work of comic art there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's just its scope. But I'm like, I love the multiverse. I, and in fact, yeah. it's, it's back. And I'm like, what's wrong with having these different earths where you could say, yeah, we're, we're going to show what happens if, yeah. World War II never ended, or like my personal favorite, the Crime Syndicate, which is the evil. Not a fun to to read. Um, they they undid that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I in many cases I love John Byrne's reboot on Superman. I liked his his take and the some the way that he kind of I don't want to say modernized the character, but he just kind of streamlined some of the some of the characters in that, which I thought were well. This is how we get the sort of evil businessman scientist Lex Luthor, you know, that I think everybody now just accepts as, oh, he's always been like that. No, at one point he was just a guy that was pissed because Superboy blew some stuff on his head and made him lose his hair. And I'm like, really? That's your motivation. Your motivation is a, is a bad hair job. Okay. It's like, and so he's dedicated his life to crushing Superman. I'm like, dude, get a fucking wig. Come on. It's not that bad. And chicks dig bald guys anyway. So, so come on, you know, it's uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's hard because I, I, like I said, I still have all these tabs open um, and it, it's hard for me to pick like an era that I really like because if, if there was one thing that I could point to, which I just absolutely love, it was it's the Hellboy series by Mike Mignola. And that was 94. I mean, yeah, to that point, we don't really have any book like that in the market where we've got a creator who's who's doing his own thing, you know, this is creator owned, basically just pulls just, you know, Lovecraftian horror and 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 Howard lore and Burroughs lore. And he's just pulling all of this different like horror folktale stuff and combines it in this universe. I, I just I couldn't get enough of the Hellboy series. I mean, it, 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 and it's Mike Miolo at this time is starting to get into his like signature style, which I absolutely just love. And I mean, for me, that was like, oh, this this is this is like a breath of fresh air for me. This is like, you know, this maybe the second coming of EC Comics, you know, this horror stuff where we're and, and, but with all of this rich lore that spans the globe. We're not just American lore. We're Russian, you know, Chinese, Japanese you know persian like there's all of this stuff and this character just kind of runs through history exploring all this and i i just i couldn't get enough of this stuff that still for me is his work with the help with the hellboy series is my absolute favorite in comics just like it's it's at the top for me it's kind of like what gaiman did with sandman in a lot of ways that yeah. similar breaching you know religion and philosophy and and um and folklore and mysticism and myth, yeah, all these all these things, and literature, uh, and and coalescing it into this really beautiful story, you know, with these memorable characters and, um, you know, the Midsummer Night's Dream. It's like, oh, okay, you no, know what it should have won that award. It did, you know, it was t- totally a joyous read. You know, on that same vein as Animal Man. Oh yeah. yes, mm-hmm. and Swamp yeah. Thing, and Swamp Thing, yeah, yeah. those the, runs, the, the, the what Beset, and, Alan uh, Moore, and and, and, and and when Alan Moore, yeah, yeah, um, right, and and uh, Grant Morrison with uh, Animal Man, great yes. runs. Yes. Um, didn't he do? Was Alan Moore? Who didn't he do Doom Patrol as well? 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Which that's, was very good. The Doom. Yes. That's when I. I mean, I used to like the old Doom Patrol because I read it. And, and, yeah. but, but I the new Doom Pro. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. This is very cool. And, is and very some cool. of it was just really fucked up. Yes. Um, well, like, all of this, you know, yeah, because these are him. writers that right. all these writers come from a kind of a school, you know, they're all, aren't they all English? Yeah, the British yeah. invasion. Well, that yeah. explains it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of, kind of fucked up uh, with that. Some of us. I like that, though, because yeah. they were exploring new territory, which right. needed to be done in comics, you know, and yeah. that, that's to go back to uh, what I was talking about to, in that same vein. That's, that's why I like first comics. They weren't, they were exploring avenues that weren't normal. You know, um, the, the whole Badger story, it was nothing normal, but they're exploring something that should be explored, you know, and they've glommed on to this or, or you know, uh, you know, uh, Grimjack. Grimjack to me is, it was just a masterpiece too. Uh, but there was a bunch of John Sable I thought was really good. And American Flag, most of all, because Howard Chaking comes in and it's a fucking political <laughs> satire period you go what the fuck this is great you know this is almost this is be equate this to the underground comics of the 60s you know that's that's what american flag was to me seriously it was that impactful the satire was great and i loved the art well that's where uh, i saw that. all those books was at your shop yeah all yeah. those books like that yeah. and 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 brat pack and all these other, all these other, yeah, yeah, all these Pat, other books, the immortal, <laughs> yeah, Nexus, all these other books that I Nexus. never would have seen because at you know when I when we were kids, uh, I think Fez, you'll attest to this. When we would find comic books at like the drugstore yeah. on the spinning racks, exactly. And it was Marvel and DC. That was it. Yep. And I think the only probably indie comic books that I would see is probably the closest thing to it would be like a Mad Magazine. <laughs> you know, because right. it was it had that kind of underground feel to it, that kind of mm-hmm, subversive mm-hmm, kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was staple in my reading when I was a, a child. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta fold the thing in the back. You gotta oh, yes, the always. Race, you know? every episode I had, yeah, every yeah. issue I had always had the fold. You know? Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, you know. So I, I, I totally get that, and that's one thing I really liked about having those books is like experimenting. And then when DC started bringing out their more adult line, yeah. like the Vertigo, Vertigo. stuff, yeah. pre Vertigo, even before they called it Vertigo, it was like yeah, it was like Sandman, Shade the Changing Man, um, yeah. which was a really good, yeah. uh, good story. At least the first eighteen issues were were compelling. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it was just really great reading at the time. There was so much going on; it was exciting. And then when Vertigo came out. It was like, oh, okay, all bets are off. And and not everything worked. But I like that they were trying different things. Four issue series is like, we're going to tell a story. And sometimes it was eh, sometimes it was great. But you're willing to take a chance because they were doing something that was Marvel wasn't doing. They kind of, it was the first time Marvel had to play catch up, I think, with yeah. them because yeah. they were ahead with everything else. But like, oh, we got to bring out the Marvel Knights. We got to make it really dark. We'll bring out the Marvel Max series. <laughs> and I don't think Marvel really truly had another real breakaway until they did the Ultimates, their Ultimate yeah, Universe. Good. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. I would agree because that, yeah. they never, yeah, because you had Vertigo, you had Elseworlds, and those, there was some really fun stuff in there. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marvel just didn't really seem to. I, I, I think at some point they just stopped because they realized this just wasn't working or focused on what they were doing. Yeah, until we get the ultimate, which 
was was interesting. There's some good stuff in there, but then after a while, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't like Wanda and 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 Pietro being incestuous lovers. That's no, stop. <laughs> That's just weird. Stop that. Just no. Well, that was the only thing I did like. So. <laughs> Gadfly, you had. Uh... Something you the want 2099 universe uh, oh, yeah. was, was, was actually fun. pretty good. There was a lot of uh, up-and-coming writers that got missed as that being their start uh, with Warren Ellis and a number of other people. And it, it had a very cyberpunk uh, feel to it. And it was very much in the genre at that time. The Doom 2099 is phenomenal. I mean, it's really good. I have the original all, what, 32 issues or whatever still, you know, and... Uh, um, they're, I go back and read them, and they're they're really good. And it's again, you see why Warren Ellis is such a such a a, a new talent. You know, what I mean, as like I said, and I think, yeah, it's really hard to pinpoint a, a point in time that I like more than anything else. Uh, I like the '70s yeah. because I grew up yeah. and was reading that yeah. shit when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and um, I appreciate Marvel for their continuity. Um, I appreciate DC because I could pick up anything and just fucking enjoy the story for an issue or two, you know. Um, but I also then I like the independent, and I would I would distinguish between underground and independent. The stuff you were talking about in the '60s, that's underground. I mean, that's really subversive, really not mainstream. There's nothing distrib- distribution isn't like that that great. It's a it's a very uh, cult kind of. Uh, um, it is. Yeah. It is. I I said it primarily because it was the birth of no. I, no, I don't. Comics. I don't disagree with that. But that's I'm just all. Saying, that's yeah, all I meant. Yeah. By that's, it. Yeah. yeah. No. Totally I different. No, you're absolutely yep. true. But that's what I said. That's why I made that distinction with American Flag. To me, American Flag had had a underground comics feel to it. Yeah. Um, and that. So yeah, but that you're right. No, you're well, to, to right. go back to first, the majority of their titles were things that were published already in other very, very independent. You know, like yes. uh, publishers. Yes. That really, they weren't even really publishers. Capital Comics was a distributor that decided yeah. to, to publish a comics for Nexus and then the Badger and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I think uh, yeah, first so, came along and started grabbing them up. They did, but they, a, but they also did. Home. Yeah, but they also did Sable, which was their original. They did Grimjack, yeah. which is their original. Which those right. are those are all amazing stuff. Right. I think uh, you know there's there's a, the 80s with the the British invasion, right? And we had all these British writers and artists and stuff because we had uh, Boland doing art, you know, yeah. you know, and we had uh, um, we had Judge Dredd, you know, and these were all like very subversive comics, you know, along 2000 with 2008, yeah, yeah, American uh, flag, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, very which, odd yeah. U, uh, UK. Well, Black and white. Well, and we also had but, uh, some of the greatest art you'd ever see. Yeah, but we right, also had, like a thousand or eleven, twelve hundred issues or something yeah, like that. Yeah, still going. Yeah. yeah, and they also had heavy metal. I mean, that's why I said they yeah. they were really yeah. the 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 thing that had the 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 proofing ground for artists and writers uh, that could then launch off from that yeah. and then go mainstream. And the fact that the '80s to me was not all the commercial bullshit like the Secret Wars and all that kind of stuff. It was Frank Miller. Uh, doing commercial stuff that launched him into doing other things. You know, like his mm-hmm. his run on Daredevil is phenomenal. Um, and then his Wolverine, you know, whom at the time I was like, 
I don't know, this is not John Byrne, you know, but I go back and look at it and I'm like, oh, this is pretty brilliant. And then you get Ronin. And I think Ronin is like a, I think everybody looked at Ronin and went, what the fuck? All right, this is a dude yep. looking at world, the world and comic books. Yeah. And then that's that's where you get uh, Grant Morrison, you get Alan Moore, um, and then you get Niven, you know, who's a, another great artist, uh, you know, from that time. And these are not like super mainstream artists you know the super mainstream artists the really popular were like burn uh perez and, and all these things and you know i love those guys too um but you had this you had these literally two different things and i think the 90s was the same thing you had that 90s hype of like uh mcfarlane and all that kind of stuff uh but you also then had under there you had madman with allred um you had the max um, you know, and all of those I think are even born out of uh, what is the Cerebus, you know, who is mm. that's a really independent, that's a fucked up comic book that is almost like illustrated story to me. I mean, Dave I, Stevens, is that? Is that? Yes. Oh, no. No, Dave. Stevens or Stewart? Stewart. No, I thought it was Stevens. No, it's, yeah, it's not Stewart. Stewart, maybe it is Stewart. No, Dave Stewart is the, the colorist. That's a different, yeah. Yeah, Dave Stewart's the colorist, present day. It's a Dave. Yeah, no, we met him. You know, yeah, dude, yeah. dude was crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think oh, you know, Sims, Sims, that's it. Dave Sims, Sims. Eric. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I knew it was like that. But no, I think there's, I think there's a lot of those, those kinds of things that were going on. And in the, in the '90s was like Lazarus Churchyard, and you're like, you read Lazarus Churchyard, and you're like, oh, this is really fucking weird and cool. And then you find out that's Warren Ellis, one of Warren Ellis's earliest, you know, works. Uh, independent works uh, and then he goes on to do uh, um, Transmetropolitan and then he which is one Punisher of, is great too Transmetropolitan is one of my all time favorite yes and, comic books and Planetary mm-hmm. you know, you know <laughs> and Planetary yeah. is, is right up there too you're right, right, right. Which, well it, you know those those uh, indie, indie, indie titles because Marvel and DC were not giving the artists you know they created a character and they were not allowed to keep the, you know the rights that it's like oh no no you created a character for us so we're going to keep all those rights and then that's why you know we had a, um image comics oh you know, yeah mark farland leaves starts image and that really starts a movement that we can have guess what we can have a standalone you know company that can rival marvel and dc as far as output com artists and knowing that artists can keep their 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 creations make money from it however they want yeah as long as their as long as their art looks like mine right well <laughs> well there's that's that's you know however that played out but i love uh, i love image but I, here's here's the problem with image they were saying we want to own and do this stuff but they literally were made millionaires by marvel right they they sold so many issues of Marvel and Marvel distributed those issues and advertised those issues. They made millions of dollars. Todd McFarlane was a millionaire when he left yes. to make oh, an yeah, image, absolutely. and most of the other artists were too. Um, and I, I don't knock them for this. I think this is great what they did, but they didn't even know what the fuck they were doing for the first ten years. The shit they put out was horrible. I mean, Spawn is the most terrible written comic book for the first twenty issues. I, you know, um, and I I like. Todd McFarlane's art, and I love Todd McFarlane. I think he's awesome, you know? Um, I think they're all great. Um, I think that they they really don't stand up to the real independent people that really created the independent market, and that is uh, um, 
the Teenage Mitten, Mitten, Mutant, Mutant, Teenage Mittens. I'm reading that. Yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Teenage Mutant. I'm gonna keep you warm, bitches. Yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles really are the the launch of the big independent. That's true. Um, That's but, true. But we also then, you know, like I remember Nexus when I was, uh, you know, in high school, um, I'm reading those Nexus, you know. Uh, yeah, when we had the store 80s. on yeah. uh, Brunel, yep. the first store yeah. I had. Uh, um, right. Yeah, yeah Nexus yeah. was That's great. That's when all that stuff came out. Because yeah. I remember, you know, we had this, I had a little porch, you know, and this little little comic book, used bookstore on this porch, you know, it was an enclosed porch, big, not, pretty nice, very big, as long as the house. And, uh, I remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and everybody, all the common word, you know, with all the other, because I knew all the other comic book places in Toledo and everything. everything. Oh, you got to get these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These babies are, are great. And then the next thing, yeah, you, did you get some of those? Because now they're worth a lot of money, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, but, but yeah, we got them and read them. Remember, we had all the, had all the early issues. Yeah, well, and you know what? I hated the early Hellboys too, because I'm like, oh, a monkey with a fucking stone hand. What's the big deal here? You know, and it was just one of those things where you're just you're not necessarily accepting of those kinds of things. Um, but I, you know, I think those that independent wave, you know, that started evolved quite a bit, and uh, and it was so much so that uh, Marvel and uh, DC created their own independent label. You know, so we mm-hmm. have Vertigo and we have the Epic label. Um, and then they cashed out on those. Those all just kind of disappeared. Vertigo just was about five years ago. They just said, yeah, we're done with that. Um, and now they're going, oh, shit, we probably shouldn't have been done with that. <laughs> you know, and they yeah. acquired Wildstorm. I think that was another DC imprint. Well, that was they were image Wildstorm. See, that was the you got to watch the documentary of the image story. It's on I think it's on uh, Prime. It's great because it uh, it interviews all the people that were the original image people and how that whole story came in. It's their their it's each of those people's inner perspective of it, and the most interesting pers- people that, that tell the story are Liefeld. Liefeld really? is hilarious because he does an imitation of uh, um, McFarlane. Um, oh, that that's, that's kind of odd because he does a, a really good artistic imitation of McFarlane. Yeah, yeah, well, the, no, he does a terrible artistic. <laughs> well, know, okay, yeah. you're right. It's, 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 he it's, likes to scratch. I was, used, I was using literary license. It's I can draw sharp, pointy bodies <laughs> and scratching. It's McFarlane without feet. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like McFarlane's no, art. I, I thought I like McFarlane's I, art. I, I, I like. I, I think Spawn looks gorgeous, no, and I love yes, the run he no. did on Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, and, the way and he yeah, kind of hope. changed Spider-Man's look. Um, yes. Yeah. And and was was really really good. I thought I thought it was a good run. Nothing. Um, against I like the stuff he did with the Hulk too. Yeah. McFarlane yeah. when he when he's doing Hulk. Yeah, I have nothing against McFarlane at all. I, I think he's a, yeah. I think he's a very smart person. I think he's yes. you know he's a yes. very good businessman. I think he likes what he's doing, and he's a very enthusiastic person. This is what I also and like. Spawn's about been going for thirty years. It is, and and has spawned way like you know a dozen <laughs> yeah. a dozen other books uh, in 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 the return. You know, yeah. When I, this is what I like about Liefeld. I may not like his art and his uh, any of this stuff, but that dude's enthusiasm is so infectious, and I don't yeah. think he gives a shit about anything. But the fact that, that you watch this image, this image story, they were all millionaires, and when they formed Image, they all then formed their own studios. You know, it was Wildstorm, and you know, it was all okay. these things, and yeah. they then 
were paying their artists because they were making so much money, so much money that they would do one book and they're like, why do I need to be an artist anymore? I'm fucking rich. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, you gotta, re- you gotta watch this story. It's hilarious because they, they literally worked everybody out of a job because they're like, I don't need this job anymore. This is, this is a lot of fucking work, you know, drawing a comic book. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a really good story, but they're also very, all very likable, you know, um, everybody. And I applaud that whole thing, but, and I, but I don't think they originated the whole story. They took advantage of what a lot of other people were doing, you know, like Allred. I, I, Mike Allred to me is like one of my favorite. I think Mike Allred loves comics and writes comics that are born of his love of comics that he's one of the greatest comics creators ever just because they're so fun they're so whimsical um and even if you're like not down with his art it's very purposeful i mean because it's it's his style and it's you know his his thing that he does and madman is such a weird and cool (laughs) cool character and then very strange yeah yeah. then he gets the atomics that come off of that which is like the fantastic four and and it's just this universe that it is literally a universe born of the love of comics um and then if you go look at some of the stuff he did for marvel here recently which was the ff uh, um which is all about the fantastic four has left the baxter building and all these kids are left and they're being uh, herded by uh, the the purple dragon or whatever he is. That's an android, and it's the it's, gargoyle. The gargoyle, yeah. Gargoyle? And it's it's the most bizarre story and loving story. It's written by Matt Fraction um, uh, and uh, drawn by Allred, and it's really good. And then you get the Silver Surfer series that he did uh, with uh, Dan Slott, who's another guy who just loves comics, you know, and just wants to you know show his love and, and the way he would you know do. It. This is I think this is one of the things that has really attracted me as I get older is the people who love comics. And then there's also the people who know comics, you know, like I think, uh, you know, like I think, uh, uh, Morrison, I think he knows comics very well. And I think he is a very like structural architect kind of thing, you know, and I think he loves comics, but it's not all love. It's all, it's a lot of it is like, virtuosity you know he's a virtuoso you know with what he does and, and creates uh so they think yeah, you know, we could go on because i could i could list artists that have just like been mm-hmm. waves and 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 done that stuff especially even now i mean there's still great artists that are just popping up and doing shit you're like how can anybody invent a style that's their own style that you could recognize and they're fucking doing it <laughs> you know they're doing it you get james heron you get uh um Sean Murphy, you know, with his stuff. You get Scotty Young, who's doing this kind of like uh, old strip cartoons meets Marvel uh, stuff. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy what's what's going on with all that stuff. Well, and the way comics are made now digitally, it changes the landscape of the artists and you don't need a, a, a penciler, an inker, a colorist. You know, you, you can do all that much more quickly with, on a, with a computer and distribute it digitally. You know, it, it's just it's it's just been a disruptor in, in how the art is done. You know, yeah. I I, I miss kind of miss the days where I look at a comic book page and it looks like someone drew it on pencil or on paper. You know, I miss the the look and the feel of pulp paper. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of scanned comic books that you, the paper is just scanned and it's beautiful like oh you know even sometimes a stain or something will be on the, it just reminds me of like a kid like yeah there's 
nothing better than holding a comic book in your hands and now everything is so beautiful and pristine but i miss having it look like it's on pulp paper yeah you miss that misregistration you get from uh, four color offset <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah when i i, I think uh, you know it's there's an amazing number of comic artists who still draw pencil paper and ink you know uh, and there's a reason for that is because they can sell the originals now for a lot of fucking money yeah. Um, as well as then get it published. Um, and the speed at which some of these artists work and the detail and the quality is, it's just mind boggling. Like I, you know, anybody getting into the industry right now, you just got to be going, holy fuck, you know. <laughs> We're up against Led Zeppelin and Mahavishnu Orchestra, you know, like in music, you know, it's like music, you're just like these, these are people that are just at the top of their fucking craft. And they also love what they're doing and they're doing great stuff. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, and they're, they're working with different people. There's collaboration going on and they all kind of realize what the collaboration is. Not always true. There's a lot of artists who decide they want to be writers, you know, um, and I've got news. There's a lot of artists that should not be writers. You know, <laughs> they literally, no, they're really good storytellers when they have a story to tell visually but they're not writers at all you know it's just uh and that's the part that always gets to me because they're just it's like a money and a popularity it's a it's a i don't know it's a status grab um some of them are really good at it some most of them are not at all you know and i love the ones that go now nah, i don't want to fucking write anything you know <laughs> i want to work with this writer and we'll make our own independent story and we'll collaborate maybe on story but i'm not writing shit you know i'm just gonna draw stuff um, and those, those, those are the artists. Uh, those are the people that I really admire. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of great stuff. That's why I said every era. There's really great stuff. I think the '90s got overshadowed by the MTV um, launching of a lot of the comic artists. MTV had a lot in the late '80s to do with what artists got noticed uh, and that that kind of popularity. And the market went towards speculation an awful lot. Oh, well, a lot yeah. of number oh, one yeah, issues yeah, yeah. and yeah. speculating, and That's that, that kind of brought the collapse of it's like the dot com crash uh, for in the in the comic book world. Oh and, yeah, you know, and then the, and then they they just started stopped writing good stories. There was just something that happened. Like you know, I stopped reading Spider Man with the whole clone saga. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, it just pissed me off so much. Like, wait, all this fucking time I've been reading about a clone Peter Parker, not the real one. You cocksuckers you know i just like okay i'm done i i just can't read this anymore i was like nope nope sorry because that's it's not the costume you you marvel was really great at making these characters feel like real people sound like real people you know giving real people problems and as a kid i i that's why i liked spider-man the most because i related to him the most <laughs> that and, was their that was the the absolute key to their success was how they they would try to relate to the audience and they knew their mm -hmm. audience you know yeah. absolutely brilliant you know yes from stanley's soapbox to the yes. notes in the boxes you know like yes. to their assistant editor month we're like oh my god we don't know what's going to happen it's going to be crazy here because we're letting loose you know yeah. it, you felt like you were part of the family the yeah. bottom of and the page the bottom of the page notes that said yeah. see issue this and this and you i would look at that as a kid and go i want that fucking job where i have to read yeah. every comic book and then <laughs> right. make yeah, that I know where, what the reference is <laughs> right yeah, I who mean, was it? Was it? I can't remember now. One of the art writers, uh, yeah, well, one of the English writers. I thought it was Alan Moore, but he was, you know, brought into the DC archives of all the comics, and he was said they and he spent days in there reading every comic he wanted to read. 
I don't know if it was that. It was one of them. It was Morrison. Could you? What was it, Morrison? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that though? Having all, every comic that was ever done by DC is there. You know, holy fuck, man. Yeah. He said, you know, but that's, you know, he retained all that stuff because he was good at it. Nice. All right. We're only we could at go this, on for hours, but yeah, we're not going. We're only, yes. we're only at 17 <laughs> minutes, though, so we got to keep going. We're only at 17 minutes? And I, I think your clock stopped about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, at 40, I, we're at 43 minutes. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Comics ne- only gets 30, 43 minutes. Well, on, an uh, issue, on the first just, issue of Comic Book Discovery. That's what I was going to say. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about them again. Well, maybe what we should do is we should do like we do with the history of uh, movies. We'll start with oh. the history of comics, and we'll start, and we'll just talk about... Yeah, like, That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I had some movement. Bowels? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'll happen soon. We're done. Here, come the, here come the lunch. Here come the lunch. <laughs> Forget fiber. I'm going to do it via pulp. That's how we're going to get it. I like my comics like I like my orange juice. Extra pulpy. Yeah. And my Anita Bryant. Come here, honey. I've been lying. I've been laying fiber for decades. <laughs> I've shit out a whole tree. <laughs> I'm planting it for Arbor Day. All right. Oh, so. Yeah, I love comic books, man. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? song I was playing so I have to edit that gap in post good enough don't fuck up the fade it's not me that fucks up the fade you fade fuckers (laughs) look Tar's here it's about time I think he's got a growth yeah he's finally come abreast of uh the podcast. Are. And you have been watching and listening to Ciao. Really big ring. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I was a Mexican once. <laughs> Latino. No, I was a Mexican. I'm feeling feisty. I just watched Closer. By by uh, Dave Chappelle. Ah, uh, love me some Chappelle. You know what? I'm taking this first. 
Wednesdays, our new comic days on Facebook with Way Freaks, W-E-E-F-R-E-K-Z. Check it out, then you can do the other stuff the other guys are going to do. Why don't you say them all? Say them all. Go ahead. I can't because that's. I need a script for all of that. I don't... Don't, you haven't remembered everything we've said no, for the last I, two months? No, I don't. That's some bad about this. Heavy metal between the lines. Yes. Yes. Between the horror. Between, between the, the horrors. Yes, check it out. Doing lines horror. between That's the horrors. I bend over between the horror. Psycho feather and cinematar. <laughs> yes. I, I, want, I want to see that. I did too. I'm, you got my attention now. <laughs> Radio at gmail.com ladies and germs uh, that, that's another one to Dave Chappelle he just really has um, and you can catch us on Facebook Tarn Feathers Psycho Cinema on Facebook TarnFeathers.com Unsane Radio on Psycho Cinema at dot com slash TV and Vimeo and Vimeo yeah you can watch full episodes and this episode has been brought to you by In High Definition GladFi. <laughs> On the corner of Adams and Jefferson. Oh. Oh, no, wait. I know. <laughs> They're parallel. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's all Hamilton. That's a little weird there. Uh. It's a chronosynclastic infundibulism. <laughs> oh, I ate one of those last week. Ugh. <laughs> that's a, a fiber. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's a slime tip. came out sideways. Cumbersome snatch. <laughs> no, you did it this time. Now you're the fade fucker. I just wanted oh, to be Benedict. I, oh. just, <laughs> I just wanted to be part of the group. <laughs> yeah, it's bit my dick cumbersome. <laughs>